You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or any platform of your choosing or share it with someone who might find this episode helpful. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. Special shout out to today's sponsor and the sponsor of this entire Health as a Foundation to Sports series, Athlete Blood Test. They provide individualized, athlete-specific blood analysis to discover your unique nutrition, training, and recovery needs. Join the thousands of enthusiasts, elites, and pros that have already used Athlete Blood Test to help reach their goals. Testing is easy. Simply go to athletebloodtest.com, choose your panel, and schedule an appointment at a conveniently located lab core. Whether you're running your first marathon or competing to win, we're cheering for you, and we can help you get there. Use code SRC15 for 15% off your first panel. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. Today, I have on Andrea Toppin with me, who is also known as Dr. Dre on Instagram. She is a chiropractor, Wazelle marathoner, and a dog mom. I'm sure she's a lot of other things, which we'll get into today, and uh, can't wait to dive into her own running journey. Um, just so everyone knows, too, she's been on for the Long Run Pod, and she's also been on Alley on the Run Show, maybe some other podcasts, too. So um, be sure to tune into those for her full background in running, but I want to welcome you to the show, Andrea. So super happy to have you on. Thanks for having me, Megan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I always love to start off with kind of the question of how you first got started in running and found your way here. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes way back to the stone ages, (laughs) but, um, I would say when I was in kindergarten, Um, or in daycare, whatever, daycare at kindergarten, or when I was in kindergarten at daycare, I would race all the boys and I'd beat them all. And um, everyone was like, oh, she's going to go to the Olympics or say outrageous things like that. Um, But really it started in elementary school, um, kind of just as, you know, competition with the boys um, and just trying to beat everyone. And then, you know, throughout junior high and high school, obviously I took that to more of, um, you know, a individual, but also team level. Um, I went to state, um, starting my freshman year and had like all state accolades. And then by my senior year, um, I was a two-time state champion in the 3k and then the 1500. Um, And then my junior year of high school, I was recruited by Iowa State. And then, yeah, that's, I mean, I'll wait to get to that story. That's kind of how I started. It started as a competition. And then once I got into college, I I really started to truly um, love the sport and just the activity in itself. That's awesome. So it sounds like it pretty quickly progressed from competition into like other possibilities and opportunities. Yeah, more... More like, um, I think it became more of a lifestyle and more of, um, meditation, if you will. I I don't know. It was just a way to kind of like calm the thoughts in my head. Um, so definitely running can be good for that. And then just creating like a community. Um, I would say, you know, 
once I got to college, I really found that running community. But even uh, post-collegiately, like when I moved to uh, Minneapolis, I realized that there's such a, a bigger world with running outside of just um, your college team. So that was really exciting to, to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I didn't even ask. And then oh yeah, moved to Minnesota. I grew up in Clear Lake, Iowa, um, which is Northern Iowa, about, about 20 to 30 minutes South of the Minnesota border. Um, I, but I went to this small school, um, K through 12. So all the way from kindergarten to my senior year of high school, I went to Ventura high school. It no longer exists. It's, um, combined or consolidated with a school just 15 to 20 minutes West of it called Garner. Um, and I actually, we started sharing cross country with them my senior year of high school, um, which was really great. And I'll kind of get into that story later. Um, but yeah, so that's where I grew up. And then I went to Iowa State and then chiropractic school in Minneapolis, where I decided to come out of retirement and become <laughs> an elite marathoner that I am today. <laughs> yeah. Long story put short, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, I want to make sure we get to, of course, my dog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One second. <laughs> I should have put him in his crate. Yeah. I had to crate Hazel because she'll, she, I was telling Megan this before, but, um, she just, she knows whenever I'm like FaceTiming a friend, have like a virtual appointment or have a zoom call. She's just like, no, this is my time to shine. <laughs> You need oh, to look at me, mom. Um, yeah, she's eight months old now. Um, oh. and she is sassy. <laughs> she's smart and sassy, but she's smart when she wants to be smart. She only does tricks when she wants to do them, which That's is the epitome of a Sheba. Oh, what's your dog's name? Clifton. Um, oh. after Hoka Clifton. But yeah, he's a year <laughs> and eight months, so he's not a whole lot older. I don't know. Still feels like he's eight months sometimes. Oh yeah. They, I don't think they grow out a puppy stage until like three years. I heard. Yeah. But I yeah. think it just depends on the breed and the dog, the person. Right. We'll have to get into dog mom life eventually. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> so jumping back, I am curious how, and we have a lot of, I should say like high school, college runners that listen in too. So um, I love to highlight like people's collegiate experiences, whether positive, negative, any highs and lows, like how did you choose to go to Iowa state? Like, how did you choose the team, the school? And then what was your overall experience like? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, coming out of high school, I was running like 15 to 20 miles a week, um, in cross country that year for some reason, I think it was because I had, um, more of a, of a intense coach and I actually had a team to run with. Um, so I was running like maybe 15 to 35 or no, 20 to 35 miles was probably my cap. But once I got back to track, I was like 15 to 20. I also did basketball and I, I was just a very um, versatile human in high school. I did dance, band, jazz band. I played the trumpet. Wow. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what you have to do when you're class 1A Iowa high school. So you got to be everyone. All the things. So, yeah. Yeah, I did it all. But um, anyways, so I was recruited by Corey Emmels, which was, he is currently 
the Boise State um, cross country and track coach. I believe he's the director there. Um, he recruited me um, and I was kind of taken back by that because it, um, I think I mentioned this in, um, well, on all the podcasts I've been on, but specifically the for the long run with um, Jonathan. Lisa Cole, that's her maiden name. And now it's Lisa Yule, which, um, you know, 10 years ago, everyone would know who that is. But um, I like idolized her in high school because she's originally from Fort Dodge, Iowa, um, which is a class 4A school. But she was very um, underrated and underdeveloped like I was. Um, I don't think she was ever a state champion in high school, but she developed throughout Iowa State. Um, that's what I really liked about Corey Immels and what I continue to like about him is he does a really nice job of recruiting um, underdeveloped high school runners and making them, you know, national champions, all Americans. Um, I was none of those, but um, with what I had to struggle with, which we'll get into my injuries um, and what I was, you know, showing up the first day of practice or like my first year when I had to redshirt at Iowa State, I was kind of like a mess. <laughs> like I was very, very underdeveloped. Um, and I had no reason to be, you know, running up with the scholarship runners or running up with, um, I think by my fifth year, this is a fun fact. I don't think I've mentioned this on any of the podcasts, um, which I think Chris Schweitzer, I don't know if I just butchered her name, but um, <laughs> she, I think she was having an off uh, race, but um, regardless, I think my fifth year, I beat her at regionals um, to get like all regions. So I guess that's my claim to fame. No, not really, but um, <laughs> I have anomalies like that too. You're like, yeah, one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one time. Um, Anyways, he just did a really good job of molding you um, in a healthy way to become a really awesome runner that you never thought you would be in your life. Um, Megan Nelson is another great example of that. She was at the Olympic trials. Um, I ran with her at Iowa State. Um, but if you go back to like the year 2012, 2013, or 2011, 2010, um, she was very similar to me in high school as well, like Lisa Ewell. Um, she might have been a state champion. I don't know. That was way back when, but um, she ended up being, I think she has like the seventh fastest collegiate time in the 10K. Um, and then she went to the Olympic trials in the 10K. And then she's been to the last two Olympic trials in the marathon. Um, so he's just really good at, um, I just really like his program and his um, low intensity, high volume. Mm type um of training and his just mentality i i do really well with kind of like a chill vibe coach but then we'll get into my other coach um down the road at iowa state um she's kind of the opposite but um i really thrived off of her energy as well so i guess i i like to meet oh, in the middle yeah. of the coach that i have um anyways so i idolized lisa cole and i had some friends in high school that were from some other high schools that um, ended up committing to Iowa State, like Morgan Casey, Katie Moen, which is now Katie German, um, and there's a few others. Um, anyways, I saw that they went to Iowa State. So when I got my um, like letter from Corey Immels, I was like, oh my gosh, they actually want me? What? I'm not that great. I'm from this tiny, you know, 1A 
high school in Ventura, Iowa. Like what the, what the heck? And like, anyways, so went on my recruiting visit, loved it. Um, anyways, back to Lisa Cole, <laughs> whatever. She became like a, a multi all-American or multiple all-American in the, um, 10k, 5k cross country, you name it. Um, maybe the 3k indoors. I'm not really sure. She set, you know, records, national records, um, big 12 records. Um, and then she was like a two-time, um, national champion in the 5k and 10k outdoors. So really just wanted to be like her and, um, yeah. So I went on my recruiting visit. I was recruited by a lot of other schools. My decisions were between UNI, which is University of Northern Iowa, another division one school in Iowa. Um, they're the Panthers and then Iowa state and then Wartburg, but it really came down to Wartburg and Iowa state and Wartburg is a division three college. My brother and, um, actually ran there and, um, we're kind of like twins. There's three, we're, we're three years apart, but like, we're basically twins. Um, he's also now officially a chiropractor in Denver here as well. And so anyways, we both did the three K five K, um, steeple and cross at mm-hmm. in college. So yeah. Anyways, that's how I got to Iowa state. Nice. I'm curious, like coming in, um, kind of feeling maybe underdeveloped or it sounds like you're pretty inspired too by people like Lisa, but did you feel any sense of pressure to perform like at a higher level or was it more like, Oh, I'm coming in without like any expectations. Like, I'm curious what that was like to feel like maybe an underdog or like underdeveloped in that sense. So, um, you know, once I was recruited and, um, I committed to them, I was just kind of like, cause I was, when I committed to them, it was right before state, um, track. And then I want, I was, I wasn't a state champion until that meet, obviously like my senior year. So then I won state in the three K and 1500. And I was just like, you know, on fire. Like I, I just was on, um, I can't think right now at 5 PM, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of, I was on cloud nine. There we go. Oh yeah. So of course I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so good. You know, I could be in the top seven next fall and just like all these things. And then once I got across like our team camp and at the time we were co-ed, not that that really matters in this Mm -hmm. story, but um, once I got to camp, I was like, then I got really nervous. Um, And once I was with the team doing workouts, I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) I am not that good. Like I am so like, everyone that was in the top seven, well, I shouldn't say that like coming back, but majority of them were running like at least 70 miles, um, to a hundred. Again, we were a pretty high mileage team. So I, um, yeah, wow. You know, I had just built up to 45 and that was a little out of my comfort zone. So <laughs> I was like, Whoa. And then also my freshman year, I feel like obviously I was redshirted right away. I redshirted cross indoor and outdoor track. Um, and the first semester, like cross season, I kind of like went into like party Dre I'll call myself. Um, you know, I was just acclimating to the college lifestyle. Um, and a lot of the freshmen, like we didn't really take it seriously because we were like, we're redshirting. So we went out a lot, especially in the fall during football season. Um, I don't regret that. I, 
I got to live the college lifestyle for a good solid year. Um, but I also got to, it, it kind of like woke me up. Like, um, I would say going into my sophomore year, well, the second semester of my freshman year, I started to really buy into the program. Um, and I definitely lost my freshman 15 <laughs> that I gained. Um, but I think that was a lot of like stress and just acclimating. There's a whole lot more to this story that we'll go into. Um, but I think the summer going in my sophomore year of college, I, I came back to camp um, that year, you know, preseason camp. And I was a completely different runner. Like I was running up with our top runners. Um, like I, I remember we did this, this crazy, like kind of split tempo. No, it wasn't, a, it was like a progression run. Um, and I did it with probably two of our top runners. And I was like the last one hanging on with them of our group. Cause they broke us up into like different groups. And it was like Danny Stack, Crystal Nelson. Crystal Nelson was a freshman, but she would soon be like a multiple All-American for our team. And then Danny Stack was like a fifth year senior senior that year, but she had was coming off of like, you know, fourth place in the 10K, you know, All-American. She had a lot of accolades. So I was like in our group, um, it was like, Danny Crystal and I, and I was like the last one hanging on. And then I think I like kind of dropped towards the end, but like after that workout, like Corey Amels and then the assistant coach, um, Travis Harkey were like, who are you? Um, so that was kind of where I was like, wow, you know, when you really buy in and you take care of your body and you eat well and you sleep well, and you just believe in your coach in this in the system and your team and your teammates, like you can become a pretty badass runner. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I just kind of talked in circles, I'm just going to pre-warn you. I go on tangents. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it sounds like you had a lot of good, like breakthroughs and highlights. I think those are awesome. I yeah. also know there's like challenges, right. That come with the college transition, yeah, mental they're... health, body image. I mean, like yeah. I'm not saying, I don't know if you had any of those experiences, but like I guess, were there any, you said you were injured too. So I'm like curious to kind of just dive in there and we won't spend all our time on your college experience too. Cause I know we have a lot more to get to, but college, I mean, if we yeah. do, it's not a big deal because, um, I, I grew a lot in college and, um, you know, there was a lot of times in college where I was like, you know, I should have just gone to Wartburg. I would have been, um, a national champion. I would have been an all American. I would have done all of these things. Um, and I would have had, you know, all the, the accolades, the, the medals, the trophies. Um, but I'm really, I, I do not regret going to Iowa State. I do not regret all the injuries that happened to me. Like everything has, um, has been a, a stepping stone for me and, and to who I am today. Um, and my patients love to hear my my um, comeback stories, my, it, it, it built perseverance, the perseverance that I have today. Um, I mean, right now I'm not the fastest human that I, <laughs> I, I, I'm going through kind of another persevering factor, I guess, right now, but um, no, I, I am really proud of the injuries I sustained and came back from in college. And I'm really, I mean, I'm not happy. I, 
went through all of those mental health issues and, you know, the um, emotionally abusive boyfriend and all that stuff. But, you know, those stories and how I came back from it can really help um, young females today, you know, achieve what they want to in the future. And it can help them realize that there is hope. There, there is a way to get out of it. If you just ask for help and you look for help and you grow and it's a process, but yeah, I mean, there is hope. So yeah. just to be an inspiration for um, young women going through what I went through. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can definitely get into the mental health um, and everything. I mean, it all kind of just builds. I kind of just tell my college story, my college years as like a chronological story. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's like, Um, what happens next? Yeah. So yeah, I would say, um, you know, my freshman year was a very defining year in um, my running career and who I thought I was as a runner, you know, coming in, I was scared, but I, I, um, was the best runner in my school, in my area, in my state, um, and, you know, going from what's the saying, a big fish in a little pond, yeah. to a little fish in a big pond, or I felt like a little fish in a freaking ocean. Uh-huh. Um, and it was terrifying. And then, you know, I would say, you know, my first semester of my freshman year, I got a little too comfortable to the college lifestyle. Um, and I ended up getting, I never really dated in high school because I always was like, well I was just like I didn't like the guys in my high school and I was like well I'm, I'm moving away and I it's kind of cocky I was like well, I'm going to be the vision one athlete so <laughs> like I don't need this um my, I, my mom was always like you'll meet your person in college so I um my first boyfriend um it was great we had you know a lot of the same personality he was a goober he's great he was on the team but um I just remember him saying, you know, I, I think I came back from practice and I was like, you know, I, I wish I kind of looked like the girls in the top seven or like, they just all are like lean and everything like that. And how do they get so fast? And, um, and he's like, well, basically, I just remember he told me I needed to lose like at least 20 pounds, um, at least. And um, I was basically the second thickest baddest girl on the team and I like it that just destroyed me because in high school I was like string bean like everyone was like you're so skinny just this little fart um and so that was very demoralizing for me I was you know in that emotional abusive relationship um for a good two and a half three years then I broke up with him then I got back together with him then I broke up with him obviously again um but that was throughout my entire collegiate career. I kind of dealt yeah. with, you know, walking on eggshells and being in that kind of um, toxic relationship, which I'm not saying that that person is a bad person. We probably just weren't meant for each other. Um, but yeah, um, th- so that kind of started the um, the anxiety, the depression that, you know, mm-hmm. I have to even today. Um, It's a lot different. It's not so much body image oriented, but in college, it was very um, body image oriented. Mm -hmm. And I had never dealt with eating disorders or thinking that I looked like I was fat or that I looking at food and and, um, starving myself or, you know, 
saying like, oh, well, I ran eight miles. I don't really think I deserve that burrito. I think I deserve this fat-free Greek yogurt, you know, like making decisions like that, which is horrifying. And um, so my second semester of my college um, of my freshman year, I, I started thinking like that. And my, my ex-boyfriend was boyfriend at the time was just always in my ear and I felt like he was always looking at what I was eating and um, what I was preparing or like what I was eating at the dining halls or um, so I think you know showing up to my sophomore year preseason camp people were like wow you've lost a lot of weight and by no means did I look anorexic because I may um, still ate a reasonable amount but like and I'm also more of a muscular runner um, but I I probably lost at least 15 pounds um, and I was way skinnier than what I am now. Um, and I was able to kind of ride that out for a good, like injury-free for a good year and a half. And then the walls started crumbling down. Um, then I started to hop on the injury train. Um, my sophomore year, I, um, I had no injury. No, I did have an injury my sophomore year. I had like a hamstring injury that took me out of cross season, which was, at, um, I wasn't able to race big 12s or I didn't get to, I wasn't fast enough, which kind of pissed me off. But then that was, um, that built me up for a pretty strong outdoor season where I traveled for the first time. Um, I almost scored in the big 12 in the steeplechase and I just started that event. So that was really exciting. And I started to travel with the team and, you know, go to California and all these exciting meets. Um, and then coach Immels, I remember him sitting me down, you know, the summer going into the summer of, of, uh, 2013 going into my junior year. And he was like, you know, you can be like our top five runner. And then in the future, you can be like top two. I think you can be all American. And so that was like really, really cool. Um, to get to that point. And then he left <laughs> and went to Boise state and I was absolutely crushed. Then I got the new coach, Andrea Grove McDonough, which I absolutely love her. She's like my second mom. I tell my mom, I have all these versions of moms. Like <laughs> my boss, uh, Lisa Goodman is my Cairo mom. <laughs> and uh, Andrea Grove McDonough is definitely my running mom, my coach mom. Um, but she, in, in, in college, she, she was my second mom. And I remember my mom meeting her and being like, oh my gosh, she's She's like, I'm not a runner or anything, but like, she is me. And I'm like, no, I, she literally is. But um, <laughs> she was the complete opposite of Corey Mills, just very high energy. And, but her training plan philosophy was um, hard to kind of acclimate to. Mm -hmm. She was high intensity, low volume. And I was so stuck up on like high volume plus with um, the body image stuff, when you get used yeah. to a certain mileage, um, it gets ingrained in your head. Like I need to run at least, at least 80 miles a week to keep this body is what I kept in my head, which is idiotic. Yeah. <laughs> when we think about it now, right. But. Stupid. Um, so I, I ran really well under her. Um, I traveled and, you know, helped win big 12 title that season in cross and I ran in my first national cross country championship meet, which was really awesome. Um, and then indoor track came around and I got an Achilles injury. And then I ended up straining my adductor, which felt like I broke my pelvis. It was oh. terrifying because I'd never really been injured like that. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, and I was still dating this guy and, um, yeah, the body image, mental health got really bad during that injury. Um, I kind of shut myself out from people. Um, I started to look pale and kind of like, um, what's the word starts with a G. I don't know. I started to look frail. Yeah. Starts with an S. Um, gaunt. There we go. Oh, I started to look yeah. gaunt. Pale, gaunt. I was like, we could frail. be here all day. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just, didn't, I was so, that was a very depressing moment. Um, I came back that season, ran big 12s, steeplechase, but it was, it wasn't good. And then um, ended up having a pretty good summer of training. But I remember my boyfriend at the time again was like, Hey, I was talking with Sam and, and we don't think that you're going to be in the top seven. Again, putting these words from my friends in. Yeah. Just anyways. So, um, I was running pretty well and he was like, you need to, you need to run at least like, you know, six fifteens on your easy runs or six thirties, which was preposterous because I was running like seven to seven thirty. like, you know, yeah. anyway, so I ended up and I wasn't eating a lot. So I was like running myself into the ground and then I ended up getting a very severe, um, almost, well, it was career ending, um, injury tibial, like a very, um, proximal medial. So it was like right below my knee, kneecap, essentially, um, tibial stress fracture, the orthopedic surgeons hadn't seen anything like it. My athletic trainers hadn't seen anything like it. Um, they all felt like it was the end of the world and that was in my career, but the PT that I had, um, she was like, no, we're fighting this thing. Um, and I ended up beating it, but anyways, that's kind of the fast forward version of my mental health. I mean, there was times in college, I think it was my junior to senior year, true junior to senior year. So I was like redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, where I like had thoughts in my head where, you know, I wanted to harm myself. I wanted to cut myself. I I was like, you know, I feel like I'm better off dead. Um, I, it, very scary thoughts, but, it, you know, I'd cry myself to sleep type of things. And, um, yeah, it was not fun. So that's, that's the dark side yeah. <laughs> of my collegiate mm-hmm. athletic experience. Um, but my injury, that injury was a huge wake up call, um, to kind of me rebuilding myself, not only as an athlete, but as, um, a strong woman. And I would say the strong woman that I am today. Um, you know, I started eating fats, like true fats. Like I, I, I started eating burgers, which was preposterous. I wasn't caught dead with a burger in, in college. I started eating, you know, the rainbow. So like all my vegetables and everything like that. But, you know, I started eating like full fat Greek yogurt. Um, and just, everything that I avoided, I started to kind of like make amends with, um, and I started getting better sleep, taking supplements, just taking care. But I think the biggest thing is I started seeing our sports psychologist and, um, you know, realizing that, you know, mental health isn't that scary and that we really need to take care of our mental health because our mental health drives our physical health. Um, so that was a big, big, um, wake up call to me. And that's kind of like how I am 
that's um, what got to me, got me to who I am today. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. That's super yeah. tough. I feel like looking back, like I definitely struggled with red ass and body image, but it's so yeah. hard at the time to like pull yourself out of that. And I can't even imagine having, I mean, I, we've talked with people on the show who have had abusive coaches who tell them things like your ex-boyfriend did at the time, but like having someone close to you like that in your ear, when you're already your own worst critic, right? Like we're all hard on ourselves in that way. And it's like, how do you even begin to break away from that? So I appreciate you sharing like the sports psychologist, it sounds like was a pretty big help to that. So I guess for anyone listening, that's like going through something like that, whether they're in college or high school, like, do you have any advice you'd give them? Um, going through what I went through, um, anything like mental health challenges. Yeah. 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 Um, my biggest things are, you know, just self-love, self-care, self-love. Um, I journal a lot, which really helped me. I started doing that. Um, once I started seeing my sports psychologist or just my psychologist in general, my therapist, um, journaling, just like looking in the mirror and just telling yourself, that you're beautiful. You don't even have to look in the mirror. You can just like even write it down makes a world of a difference. Um, you know, writing out your goals and your aspirations and just like writing out, like, I can do this. I am capable of this. Like I am, um, I am worth it. I am, I am enough and everything like that. Um, but just, you know, not being scared of asking for help. I think that was the biggest thing I had to get over was I don't think mental health was really normalized back in like 2013 to 2015, 16, when I really utilized it. Um, so just kind of like getting over that hump, like everyone has their battles and their struggles and like, you're not alone. And, um, you know, once I kind of got over that hump and I realized how many people on my team were in the exact same position as I was, and not even that, like, as I go to different, you know, road races and, um, stay with, um, different people from across the country in the hotel rooms. Like, I feel like I always get into the comp- this conversation. I got into, I stayed with Emma Cortez in at the U S 20 K champs this past fall. And I, we got into like a really good conversation of what we dealt with. Um, I mean, we didn't have the same stories, but we had very similar yeah. stories. And, you know, I feel like every female distance runner has gone through you know, a somewhat similar story to what I went through. So just know that you're not alone. I think that's the biggest thing. And like, you are strong and you will beat whatever you're going through. Um, and that there are better days ahead. Like I promise you, like it, it may seem far away. Um, but you know, just keep trucking through a little bit, you know, a little bit goes a long way. And so I would just say, you know, loving yourself, number one, that's the biggest thing. And then finding a therapist and not being scared. It's, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. So they're major. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to shifts, like you had said, you started eating fats and like, hopefully not worrying too much. I know it's so hard for runners to like focus on the numbers, the miles per week. How do you kind of shift away from that mindset of like getting caught up in it? Yeah. So, um, currently or back in the day, I guess back, well, both, but like back in the day, like being diagnosed with this injury, I don't know if that's the right term diagnosed, like having this career ending injury, how do you begin to like rebuild those pieces? And, you know, with this whole series, it's about like 
health as a foundation, right. To our performance and to being a human first before an athlete. And like, how do you start to prioritize your health first? So I think it was a combination of things that kind of like woke me up. Um, weirdly enough. So my, my ex quit the team, um, because they got a new coach who isn't the coach anymore. Long story. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to go into that, but, um, he's pretty intense. And, um, so then my ex started to become more like, he got, he wanted to get into like bodybuilding. So he went to the exact opposite spectrum and he would say things to me like, you know, you're too skinny. Now, now I was anorexic that, that in his eyes, like, so in a weird way, he did help me kind of overcome that body image issue that he started. Um, and, uh, I don't know so, if we want to give him that credit. I know I yeah. hate do that. And I hope he never listens to this, which I doubt he will. But, um, anyways, um, it was a combination of, you know, he wanted me to become like a bodybuilder. And I was like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. Like, or like, he wanted me to get into like bikini competitions. And I was like, dude, what the heck? Um, anyway, so I started like lifting more with him. And that was another thing in college. I was like, oh my gosh, if I lift, I'm going to get too big to be a distance runner. Oh my gosh. It's so false. Um, so, and then we started lifting more as a team, but I would say it was a combination of, you know, those habits started to build, but also like, um, the team culture was changing for the good. Um, I had a teammate, her name, her name was, her name is, Erin <laughs> uh, Hooker. Um, she doesn't compete anymore. Um, but she was really, really good on our team. She was like our number two, number one runner, um, my fifth year. And I felt like she was a very body positive, very, um, yeah, very body positive and food positive type of type of woman. And I, um, I was around her a lot, you know, beginning of my fifth year, kind of like the end of my fourth year when I was going through all of, um, the injury stuff. And I feel like she kind of helped me to eat like a you know, normal human being, um, like a strong runner should. And, um, it was her, but then, then also like, who did, yeah, I was living with, um, Katie Moen. So Katie German now she runs for Minnesota distance elite. She's going through some health issues right now, but she, um, she, I mean, she trained with, Annie Frisbee, who, um, just had a huge breakout. I trained with her. So Annie Frisbee went to Iowa state. Mm -hmm. She came on as a freshman when I was a fifth year. So that's our connection. Um, and then she joined Minnesota distance elite when I trained with them, when I lived in Minneapolis and Katie was on the team. So that's our whole like connection there. But, um, Katie, um, was really stellar. I think she ran like 69, like 109 in the, um, Houston half, like two, no, almost three years ago now. No, two years ago, because of right before the Olympic trials. Um, and she had some pretty, I mean, she was like fifth American at New York, fourth American. Um, I don't know, but Katie's a really good runner and I hope she gets back to where, you know, fights health issues she's going through. Um, long story behind that, but anyway, she's coming back. But she was a big advocate behind um, 
you know, eating burgers and, you know, eating full fats and everything, um, as well as my other roommate, Maggie Gannon, she's, um, she's a doctor in Chicago now, but yeah, it was just kind of like, I kind of like let go of that ex, even though I was still dating him. And I started to immerse myself with more positive individuals on the team that weren't, um, going through eating disorders. And so that was a, that was a big thing surrounding yourself with very positive people. So, yeah, that's major, like your social circle roommates, immediate surroundings for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do we want to turn a corner into how this all led you into the chiropractic world? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so originally I wanted to be a PT throughout, um, college I can kind of hear Hazel um whimpering in the back but she's still oh <laughs> I don't know if you can hear a bone being chewed but <laughs> over here too. no I can't but <laughs> <laughs> no Hazel like her thing is it's like when I bring her out in public they're like oh she's so calm and I'm like not at home just wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so originally throughout college I wanted to be a physical therapist and um the physical therapist that helped me through my injury, she was another one that kind of helped me with body image and eating the right foods and everything as well, I should say. And I, to answer that last question, I think what really got me over all of that was like, I knew that like not getting my period, not eating correctly, not taking care of my mental health. Like I was like, okay, now I get it. And I, I knew it because I studied the read us in college like I was a kinesiology major I knew all about um women's health and everything like that but it was like until it happens to you do you change for the better type of thing Mm -hmm. um but I I I knew that like going down that path you know was going to lead to another career ending injury and so I was like you know I'm getting over this career ending injury and I'm moving forward and and it was hard to adapt to those new lifestyle choices. Um, it, it, but I gradually over time saw, you know, the happiness of what I felt when I changed those lifestyles. And and that's kind of what keeps me from turning back now, you know, even, um, or having those thoughts again. Um, but anyways, getting into chiropractic, (laughs) um, my physical therapist, um, really inspired me. I wanted to be, um, what she was to me, you know, hope, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel or the light in a dark tunnel type of thing. Um, I wanted to help females that were in my situation, female athletes, not even like, you know, runners, you know, females of any, whatever they're competing in their sport or just athletes in general. Um, I wanted to be what she was to me. So, for someone else. Um, I applied to PT school, didn't get in the first year. And then I had a gap year, um, moved to Minneapolis, worked for a chiropractor. And um, I kept getting waitlisted by PT schools throughout the year. And I was just like, what the heck? And it was really frustrating because it's like, I had all the credentials, not the credentials, but you know, had a really great application. Um, and uh, my brother who follows in the footsteps of me, he's like, you know, I've been looking into chiropractic school because he's like, you're not getting into PT school. There's no way I'm getting into PT school. And I'm like, okay, Joel, don't think like that. But um, so I um, 
started working for a chiropractor and I was like, okay, you know, I was a little skeptical about the adjustments and whatnot, because I feel like there's this like PTs and chiros kind of butt heads. Um, I feel like that has kind of mended throughout the years in the past few years. Um, PTs and chiros really complement each other, um, and get along a little bit better now. Um, but I knew going into chiropractic school, I wanted to be more of like a rehab based, um, chiropractor, like a a PT chiropractor. Um, so that's how I became a chiropractor. I didn't really buy into the whole career until I would say probably my second trimester of school and there's 10 trimesters. So within my first year, um, and then I saw kind of like what chiropractic care was doing for me, um, to, with my training. Um, and I just really, really loved that. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into really embracing the career. Um, and then also the mentors I had in chiropractic school, not only in school, um, but, you know, across the country. I mean, that's how I met my now boss, uh, Lisa Goodman. So very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. For those that are listening that aren't maybe as familiar with chiropractors, like they, maybe they've been to a PT, what would you say are the main differences and maybe some misconceptions runners have about meeting with a chiro? So, um, a lot of people think chiropractors are whack and <laughs> well, they just crack your back and let yeah, you go. And that happens yeah, sometimes, yeah. but I'm and sure that's not you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, that's, that's the research behind finding a good chiropractor. Um, I would advise finding a good, um, evidence-based chiropractor, um, that really relies on research to back up their treatment. Um, a good sports chiropractor, because my boss and I are both sports chiropractors. Um, but with that, we're also prenatal postpartum pediatrics as well, but almost all sports chiropractors are going to be evidence-based um, and do more like rehab and everything like that to kind of back up the adjustments as well. Um, because I, I feel like the adjustments will hold or do more um, benefit for your body if you complement it with strength training. And um, I have been doing a lot more like um, pain science research in the past few years. And so I really um, try to empower my patients and um, I don't want them to rely on the adjustment. Um, I want them to really believe that it's, it's like, I'm just there to assist them. I'm basically like their coach. Um, and, you know, we work as a team to get them back on the field, back on the court, whatever, or, you know, back to in the CrossFit gym or, you know, back on their daily walk with their dog, um, trail running. You yeah. it. Um, but I really try to empower my patients. And so I really encourage, um, you know, everyone listening, like find a chiropractor that does, um, rehab plus adjustments, um, soft tissue work but one that you really feel empowers you to achieve your goals and you feel like you're actually getting somewhere with not someone that like, um, doesn't even look at you and well, doesn't even look at you, that <laughs> but like has you in and out the door in like five minutes. Yeah. That is no red flags. <laughs> like that red flag, real red flags. TikTok. That's also like, like a billboard, like in and out in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, or, or the chiros that are like, 
initial for 21, 29, <laughs> you know, $29. Um, you can get a free x-ray. No, do not go to those red flags <laughs> all around or the ones that are like your T7 is out of place or misaligned. No bad language. No, oh. it, it's all like fear-based language. Um, or they're like the curves in your spine or, I mean, it's, it's, it's another thing. Like if you have a very healthy spine and they're like, oh, you, your T7 is slightly curved to the, it's like, no, okay. You don't have scoliosis, <laughs> that type of thing. Okay. Fear-based language. Red yeah. Flat. No fear-based. Okay. So. Or two terminology heavy. I don't know. Yeah. One that like really, um, breaks it down into layman's terms for you. Yeah. Again. <laughs> one that you can connect with, one that you trust, one that empowers you. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's an Instagram post, how to choose a Cairo chiropractor. Oh, really? Um, I wanted to ask one more question about Cairo. Well, probably we could talk forever about this, but I want to be mindful of your time, but for, um, for runners like that are listening now, what are kind of the most like common ailments, pains, aches that runners are coming to you for? And I know that's really general, but it's like, you're seeing a lot of back pain or a lot of like SI joint stuff. And yeah. what are the most common things they could do to even prevent those from happening in the first place? Yeah. So I see, um, I mean, mainly I see a lot of more like lower extremity injuries. Um, Achilles tendonitis is a huge one. Plantar fasciitis, I think is the biggest one. Um, or, you know, stress fractures of the foot or the lower part of the tibia um, are probably most common as well. Um, but most of them are muscular. So Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, um, shin splints even, um, or like hip bursitis or a low back strain. Um, so to be honest, finding a good um, strength program is going to prevent any and all of that. Um, Basically building the glutes, the hips, um, the deep core. And when I say deep core, kind of like the pelvic floor. So the transverse abdominis, not, not the stuff that like makes you look good. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like the rectus abdominis. Yeah. Um, those transverse abdominals, internal and external obliques is what you want to strengthen. Um, and then the muscles of the pelvic floor, as well as the glute med, which is a big one, glute med, glute min, and then, um, just finding a really good, um, strength training program or coach or, um, relying on your health provider who, if they have experience in that, um, to kind of like write you a plan for that. That would be my biggest thing. Um, with plantar fasciitis, the biggest things and Achilles tendonitis, the biggest things you can do are to build up your glutes as well as your intrinsic foot muscles. Um, so doing like toe cars, cars stands for controlled articulated rotations or like toe yoga. So really, um, you know, lifting up the big toe, leaving the other toes relaxed, um, and, and doing like foot domes or like short foots, longs foots. You can, or yeah, <laughs> you can look all of this up. I'm going to post all of it. Eventually. I'm just like, Oh, I need to work my feet out now. My toes. Yeah. Um, the forgotten muscle. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Um, but really working on the structure and strength of the feet as well as the hips, 
um, and throughout the whole posterior chain is going to prevent injuries. But if we're really going to go back to basics here, I think the best healing modality is consistent, good sleep. Um, that's the best. That's the best. And then your diet. So your nutrition. Um, so I think that's the biggest three, you know, your sleep, nutrition, and your uh, strength. Yeah. Those are pretty big pillars. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. Those really sum it up. <laughs> Just take care of those and you'll be good yeah, for the most part. Yeah. And no, um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say your social circle. That seems like a pretty important. yeah definitely yeah Mm -hmm. social support yeah well we just have a couple more questions unless there's anything more i know you're pretty passionate about women's health in general so lots of like postpartum and different yeah anything you're learning that was like surprising in that area related to pregnancy or postpartum um right now i'm taking a few courses on postpartum rehab and as well as like prenatal, but also like with prenatal, I get into peds more like infant chiropractic care, mm-hmm. um, tongue tie, um, and all of that jazz. But I think the biggest thing is the strength of our pelvic floor and how much that we should build that up, you know, pre like, you know, during pregnancy, well, even pre-pregnancy, mm-hmm. but well, throughout our life, to be honest to, but like a lot of my prenatal patients are like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. You know, I'm pregnant. It's like, no, like you should be moving. You should, mm-hmm. you should yeah. be, don't it's, you know, up until like 38, 39 weeks mm-hmm. when you physically can't, you know, some moms can, um, what's her name? Michaela Myers. I feel like that's her name. She runs for, um, does she run for ASICs? I'm not sure. Um, she's a really good example of strengthening her body and not, um, really like backing down throughout her pregnancy or not being fearful of that. And I feel like a lot of women, um, become fearful in their bodies once they become pregnant. It's like, no, that's only going to strengthen your pelvic floor and make the labor and delivery so much better. Um, I think, once I started to get into prenatal care, which was around my final year of chiropractic school, learning um, just the negative effects of like, you know, epidural, Pitocin, um, just all of the, the drugs that they give you um, when you're in the labor and delivery or like um, the side effects of like a C-section, the possible side effects of a C-section and what it can do for your baby, you know, down the road developmentally. Um, and as I see infants, like infants that are born vaginally, and this isn't always the case because infants that are born vaginally can also be pulled out by like a forceps or a vacuum. And Mm -hmm. that's equivalent to, you know, getting hit head on in football. Um, I could go on and on about this, um, but you're the go-to now for anyone listening. It's like, yeah, right, no, it's, it's just, yeah. and I mean, my biggest thing right now, um, I, I really, really, really love postpartum and I, I just want to become more of an expert in that. Um, a lot of my patients, I, I, I mean, yeah, there's pelvic floor PTs, um, 
but I really want to give my patients more of education on like postpartum rehab because, you know, adjustments are going to take you only so far, but adjustments plus rehab and education is going to help my postpartum patients so much. Like they're going to get back to doing what they love to do so much faster. And they're going to feel stronger mentally and physically and empowered. And I think that's the biggest thing, but yeah, I would say the, um, the importance of the pelvic floor is something that I have learned in the past few years, getting into women's health. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I have just a couple more questions. These are like our finale wrap-ups. Um, <laughs> one is what is currently bringing you joy outside of, outside of running, but then you also just wrote a really cool post about the comeback with running. So I wanted to ask like, what's bringing you joy outside of running? And then also as it pertains to running, is there anything you want to share of like how you're kind of making that comeback? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the past, I would say the past couple of years, and I think everyone's kind of been in this boat in their own Mm -hmm. specific way, um, throughout the pandemic. Um, you know, I've definitely had more of a, my anxiety and depression has definitely kind of resurged throughout this time on and off. Um, I think I started going, I went like before chiropractic school, um, I don't know what it was, but I think I was just really, really nervous about life. There was a lot of different transitions at that time, relationship issues. And so I started therapy again. And then throughout um, Cairo school, I don't think I really went through therapy. And then it was after the pandemic started and I was out of clinic for like two months, I started to kind of like lose who I was and also like coming off of a high from the trials um, I didn't have the motivation to train. I've kind of been in this funk for like, since February, 2020 burnout. Um, I've written blogs on that. Um, and you know, right away, I just hit up my therapist, um, and talk it out, but I would say my comeback what was the original question? Go on tangents. Joy outside of running and oh what gosh. your comeback in running is all about. Um, so my joy outside of running, I would say the people I surround myself with. So my support system, you know, my brother, my mom, my family, my dad, my, my dog, <laughs> my friends here in Colorado um, and nature, I would say. Um, hiking is the biggest one. I haven't really hiked in a while though, but you know, just getting outside and if it doesn't like, don't even have to go for a run, just like a walk, just breathing in fresh air. Um, but recently I would say the biggest thing, um, journaling. So I guess that's kind of a combo answer there. Um, do anything you can to just kind of like get outside of your head. That's the biggest thing for me to create joy outside of um, running. So yeah, I would say my support system is the biggest one out of them all. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing those. I feel like they're helpful for everyone out there. Yeah, definitely. I don't think the pandemic has been easy for anyone by any means. I don't know. I just feel like I'm floating in space. (laughs) (laughs) Floating through Colorado, you know, (laughs) yeah. Um, 
Let's see. I just have, actually, I just have one more question. This is like our huge finale question. What does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Oh, wow. Oh yeah. I remember reading that. Um, I feel like this should be such an easy answer, but for some reason I can't. Um, yeah. Again, I would just, I would reiterate kind of what I said before. Um, being a strong runner chick means, you know, persevering through the hard times, being vulnerable um, to your issues um, in order to overcome them. Um, and being a strong runner chick, I think, means, you know, not being afraid of like asking for help when you need it. Um, and just believing that you can, you know, writing out your goals, um, saying them out loud. That's how I guess I became a strong runner chick um, and, and, and not, um, not ever giving up. I go. love that. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you tied it all together with your own story. So yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to hear people's take on it. Yeah. Um, what is the best way for listeners to follow along and connect with you? And like, if they're, you know, can people work with you virtually or should they contact you for in-person stuff if they're in Denver, Boulder? Yeah. So, um, unfortunately we do not have telehealth at my practice, but, um, in three to five years, my brother and I, he is a newly minted chiropractor in the Denver Metro, um, at body in motion chiropractic <laughs> marketing for him. Um, but, uh, we kind of want to create a practice that blends, um, originally we wanted to do more like sports chiropractic, but now I want to blend more women's health into it. Um, so in three to five years, we'll, we'll definitely have telehealth in our practice, but how you can get a hold of me. I mean, if you're in the Denver Metro area, um, once I write my bio for this and give you all, the, I can yeah. give you the link of like how to schedule with me online, um, as well as, um, a phone number for our practice. Um, I work at Washington park chiropractic. It's in wash park in Denver, Colorado, right off of uh, Bucktail, Louisiana off of I-25, um, by Nixon's coffee. If you guys are familiar <laughs> with the area. Okay. So um, for all you front rangers go there. Yes. <laughs> um, but in terms of getting a hold of me, um, I am working on a website right now where I'm going to start like blogging, um, lifestyle information, blogging stuff about um, anxiety, depression, just real things that I've been through and how to overcome them, but also like injury tips or like strengthening tips, you know, literally just anything and everything I can think of. Um, as well as I want to get into running coaching as well down the road yeah so, first yeah. clients I mean how yeah. long has <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm not you're not gonna over promote you but uh go check out Andrea for run coaching now yeah so. no definitely I want to get into yeah. that market um but um you can follow me um at a top one two one two on Instagram or um at Dr. Dre literally Dr. So like spelled out Dre and then four underscores <laughs> that, that, that Instagram handle was uh, taken. So I did get really oh, crazy yeah. that. Um, you can also follow my dog at Hazel Ray. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously I run that account. So if you oh, yeah. want to get a hold of me through that. Right. Um, 
Yeah, or you can follow me on Twitter. I believe my handle is at atop1212, but DM me on any of those four accounts or set up an appointment with me. Um, and I'd love to, you know, start working with you either, you know, physically, mentally, you know, chiropractic wise, or just if you want to talk to me about your issues. I know that a lot of um, women from across the country have DM'd me randomly. And, you know, I, I love that. I, I love helping others. So yeah. Super Don't be a stranger. Cool. Thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. Super yes, fun to have course. you. Thanks, Thanks for everybody having me. for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.